Echoes from God's Word on Echoes of Holiness Radio. Good morning this morning. Good to be in Sunday school today. Glad to see each one that's made it out. Beautiful day the Lord has made. And uh, I hope we all rejoice and are glad in it. Got much to be rejoicing about, don't we? God has been good to us. Seems appropriate to me to be in church on Sunday morning. And uh, the word of the Lord should come forth from the house of God. And I'm glad we're blessed with it. I've been enjoying the teachings this previous year. Brother Bruce, I thought, had taught good to us, good things. <coughs> and uh, I, I enjoy the different manner of teaching of, of ever everybody's gift is different and I enjoy good teaching been a while since I've taught Sunday school but I do have some things that I'm wanting to teach on just hoping I can get it in this Sunday morning and like next Sunday is we're going to start revival so we don't usually have Sunday school if we're in revival and so <coughs> I would like to try to cover the lesson today if I could, and I know I won't be able to cover it all, and I won't teach anything that's new to us probably, but there are things that has helped make us who we are, what we are, and it's very essential that we contend for it and try to maintain it. And if you'd like to turn with me this morning, First Timothy in the second chapter, I've had a terrible cough for weeks now. hope I don't annoy you with my coughing this morning. Good to have Brother Samuel and his wife with us this morning. We're glad to have them with us. Glad Sean's in service with us today. And each one, miss those that are not here this morning. But I'd like for you to just join in with me today. And I won't teach anything probably that you haven't heard but it's important that we constantly confirm some things and I feel it necessary I did have some desire for the young folks to be in at least part of the lesson I'm amazed at how a generation comes up so quickly and things that has been so established and we've had had it just established among us, but then it's an all-time, uh, all-time process of keeping it established and keeping things taught, and there must be teaching in these areas. And if you'd like to turn with me, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 9, said, In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness 
and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed in Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. <coughs> Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. And I like the way Paul finished it off there. It seemed to me that he closed his statement that this is what is acceptable to God. If she continue in faith and charity, holiness with sobriety. We believe in holiness, don't we? We are a holiness people. And that's what we believe. It's not strange to us. And uh, the reason we believe it is the Bible teaches it. And uh, I believe that every, every teaching of the wholeness people, it should be biblically based. It must come from the Bible. And uh, if we continue in that, we'll be saved. And that's what the whole purpose of all our teaching Every doctrine, ever even tradition that's been among us, it has to be that it is biblical-based. It has biblical reference to it. And uh, it can be found as established as the doctrine of holiness. And in 2 Peter 3 and 11, we'll refer to this, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, <clears throat> what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? I want to teach a little bit about a mannerism of modesty. What manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And conversation is not just speech, not just our word that does pertain to our conversation, but that conversation that also pertains to manner of life, our conduct, and uh, the very manner. And uh, we need mannerism that is acceptable of God. And we live in a very, a very rude society, if I could put it that way, and they have lost their way. And uh, their mannerism is not... Uh, is not at all what is acceptable to God, but I, I look at how that living in this world, if we're not careful, we will begin to become like the rest of the world in our mannerism. And uh, if you hang around anybody long enough, you're, you're apt to begin to be mannered like them. And uh, our mannerism should be of modesty. And I want to take this word, and uh, I love word study. It amazes me how that a word can pertain to so many different areas. And that's how holiness was brought forth. 
people begin to study it out, pray it out. Is it modest? Does it have a modest, a, a modest appearance? And what is modesty? And when you study that out, and you consecrate to that, and begin to seek that, it brings forth holiness. And uh, it, it's very, very much so modesty and uh, demeanor, mannerism. is where I want to start at. The lowly demeanor, modesty, which accompanies one's worth, own worth, and importance. A modest person does not feel like they are somebody. They don't want to have that appearance about them. They're modest in their mannerism. This manner springs from timid, bashfulness. Those persons who have seen the world lose their natural timidness. Modesty, it springs from principle and a feeling, assuming less of oneself than others. Yielding, conceding to all due honor and respect. That's a modest person. Humble, opposed to extreme boldness. Forward, arrogancy, proud. That's opposed to modesty. Its demeanor is shy. It's modest. Behavior that's not showy. Not bold, not loud, with proper behavior, self-respect, bashful, apt to blush, modesty is unnoticed, and uh, to be unnoticed. Decency, if you look up the word decency, it's modesty. Modesty, decency, not showy, not bold. Not to draw attention to one's own self, whether in appearance of one's own beauty or manner of dress. In women, modesty has the like character as in men. But the word is used also as chaste, purity of manners. In this sense, modesty results from purity of or from fear of disgrace. It's fortified by education and principles. What keeps us with a modest mentality and mannerism? It is held by teaching and principles. Unaffected modesty is the sweetest charm of a woman's excellence, the richest gem in the diadem of their honor. That's what in the sight of God is of a great price. That spirit and that mannerism. And uh, it's very essential to you and I that we hold on to the manner of modesty. And uh, I want to start, and uh, I know whenever you read First Timothy 2 and 9, it's kind of, oh no, the women say, here they go. It's us again. But this covers us all. And this pertains to us all. Modesty has so much in it. 
and I'd like to be regarded as a modest man. That's really a high, a high excellency. And uh, I will need to have that in my mannerism, in my, uh, my spirit, my demeanor. It's very important that I present that. And uh, I'm not there yet, but I will tell you when it comes to being around a mixed crowd, and especially one-on-one -on -one with uh, a woman, I have tried my best to keep a guard up, to keep from being uh, thought of as an immodest person. But then it plays also into our demeanor, and uh, we need, as I'm going to start with the men, and uh, then I'll teach on the women's mannerism of modesty. It covers it all, and uh, I'm not here to address no one person and no one certain issue. There is nothing at all there that I'm trying to just uh, personate or draw attention to, but it's in general. And uh, I see a society that has drifted so far from the characteristics of uh, godly men. And uh, it's changed so much until there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, uh, if I could say, timidness towards the things that have become so explicit in our hour. And uh, I think for a man to be a modest man, there's some things that ought to really cause him to blush. It ought to cause him to want to turn his head and to distance himself. And uh, that's important for us as a, a manner of people. And uh, I have a worry, and I've been wanting to preach on this topic, but I haven't had the chance to. But Romans 12 and 1, it told us there to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And said, be not conformed to this world. And that's the problem, is conforming, being coming like, and taking on the mannerism of the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of the mind. And a good Sunday school lesson is important for the renewing of the mind. Paul said, I feel it needful to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. And it's important that our minds be renewed of what manner of person that we ought to be in all holy conversation. And uh, it's so natural for us to conform to the world, begin to look like, act like, think like, do like the world because we're around it every day. We can't get out of it. We're here, but it's important that we be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Over and over, that transformation begins to change it back to thinking like I ought to think. And if I'm not careful, I can get so worldly-minded until I just, I just think things are normal. See a woman walking down the road in a pair of shorts, there was a time men would blush. But did you know today, if you ain't careful, you won't hardly even think about it because 
It's so, it's so prevalent. And it desensitizes our modesty. That's right. The only way for us to keep modesty is to be educated and to have principle. To constantly be reminded, this is not modest. It's not acceptable. It don't meet the criteria. It does not pass the uh, the, the acceptance of modesty. What is modesty? I just read it to us a while ago, and we're going to revisit that. But I want to speak a little bit about our mannerism. I like to be, and I'm speaking to the brethren at this time, I want to be known as a modest man. I'd like for my answers to be a modest answer. I'd like for my statements to be a modest statement. I hope that nothing I say today is to try to be noticed or try to uh, be in, inappropriate to embarrass you, to try to bring a demeaning of you. That's not a modest person that does that. Take the advantage of. He's a modest man. He's polite. He's kind. He's gentle. There is a place for boldness. Holy boldness is admirable, but there is a boldness that is just out of character with modesty. Y'all stay with me this morning, okay? The manner of persons that we ought to be. And uh, if we're not careful, we can lose something And our Adamic nature. It may be that we're by nature just kind of real blunt and uh, real to the point. Well, sometimes that's not a modest approach. There's an approach that can be taken that can be acceptable, and it is, uh, it is, in, it is in context. It's in character. And uh, I'll just bring it to myself as the minister. If my approach is an immodest man, then I may bring such a discomfort feeling to you. And let's just relate it over to the immodesty of dress. I don't feel comfortable around that. It's immodest. And a man, I can take the advantage of this pulpit or testifying or wherever and use an approach that's not modest in its approach. And I can make you feel so embarrassed, make you feel so horrible. And uh, I really believe that if my preaching ever brings you to a place till you wish to the goodness you hadn't have been there and you wished you could have crawled under the bench and uh, you wished so bad you hadn't have been in that service, it was an immodest approach. It is a character that is so easily entreated and it's important that we be that way. Then that plays out in the appearance of the man. The way he presents himself. He wants it to be that he is not a disgrace and does not desire to draw attention to himself. And that comes into his appearance. He is modest. And uh, it's pertaining to the dress of a man and uh, his, uh, his approach and then his conversation. And uh, I want to get there directly. 
I really believe that it's important for a man to have modesty in his conversation. And uh, young married folks, I want to tell you that modesty is so important. Don't lose it. And uh, you may be around people that are vulgar. They may tell dirty jokes. They may talk about marriage life in a, uh, in a setting and discuss their marriage life. But if a man is modest, he won't talk about those things. He just don't feel comfortable with it. And when you talk about those things, he may drop his head and walk off. You say, hi, it's not the kind of person I am. It don't bother me a bit. It just don't embarrass me. You can say anything you want to, and I don't blush. I hope that I can hold on to my modesty. A decent person. Our society's lost their decency. It's, it's just, it's very revealed. It's everyday conversation. There's words that's used in the vocabulary of our society every day. And when I was a young man growing up, you didn't say those words. It embarrassed you. Never heard those words. But today, people use it pretty commonly. And uh, it's important that we stay as a modest manner. What manner of people are we to be? And uh, then I want to go a little further. I believe a man's uh, encounter with a woman, I believe for if he has modesty about him, he is on guard. He is very particular about his conversation, very careful about it. And uh, there is a point that if a man is not modest enough, he'll overstep his bounds. He'll, he'll encourage or he will be involved in conversation that is inappropriate. A modest man will cut it off. He'll walk away. He'll drop the conversation. And we must maintain that. Don't be too bold. Don't be too, uh, too uh, unashamed. I believe a man ought to be timid in his mannerism around another woman. I believe that. You may disagree with me, but that's, that's a sensitiveness I think we need to carry. And if you get desensitized, if you ain't careful, you'll find yourself in a position. Accusations are floating around. She said, you said. And they saw you and they told it. And there ain't much a way to clear it up. But you can have a manner of modesty until that woman knows this man won't go there. Y'all with me, aren't you? Whether it's at the cash register, the counter, you're encountering somebody on a regular basis. That conversation can become so inappropriate if you don't keep decency and modesty about you until there becomes a question mark on your character. Modesty is very important to us. And uh, let me move on a little bit with, I want to deal with some of the dress issue of the men, and uh, we're living in a very explicit, ex I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's exploited in this hour, all about the body, all about uh, things that are so uh, sensual, if I could put it there, 
and we must be on guard. There is a lot of things being uh, set forth today that I am concerned that it has a presentation of modesty about it and uh, very simple, but I believe a man's pants that he wears ought to be big enough until he's not be showing himself. I think they ought to be full enough, not tight, and uh, they ought to be loose enough coming off of the hips. It ought to free fall off of the backside and ought to be plenty full in the front. If not, it's showy. It draws attention. It causes, uh, it causes attention to the man, and it's not modest. Modesty is to be covered, hid, clothed and not showy, okay? And uh, also, the uh, kind of pants, I don't know how to even explain it, but there are styles that are being, uh, being worn today that to me are drawing attention, especially faded out, right on the seat end. And uh, it's to draw attention. It's cause somebody to look. And it's, it's not a modest dress. When one is modest, they are unnoticed. And uh, then there's uh, the pants that are being worn are too short-waisted, a lot of it today. And I don't know where it come from, Looks to me like the women's pants, and I don't believe in women wearing pants, but I really believe they've blurred the lines on some of the dress styles. Men are wearing pants that looks like belongs on the women. If We don't believe in pants. Let me say it again. But the women, it come out of the women's department, evidently, and they kind of just kind of, what do they call that? I don't know. But it, it can fit either one. And that's the society we're living in. And it doesn't look decent on a man. The waistline's not long enough. It's too far down on the hips. And it has an immodest appearance to it. All right, y'all listen to me this morning, aren't you? I'm running down the clothesline. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think it's important to us. And uh, I would like to be able to keep my senses exercised in this society we're living in. You think it's possible? I do. But it's going to take us being transformed or by the renewing of our mind. Help me, Lord, to think like a modest man thinks. Help me to look at it like I ought to look at it. If I ain't careful, I'll forget what modesty is. Okay, our young folks are coming up. Y'all give me a little time this morning. Anybody have any comments at this point? I will tell you that I believe it is so important to us to hold this uh, characteristic. I believe if we lose this characteristic, we have lost our principle. And if we lose the principle, we lose our purity. And we lose that, we lose our way. We've got to have it. 
It's got to be purity of mind. And uh, there are pants that are wore by uh, young men and men that I know when I look at it, I can't tell you why I don't like it. But I can tell you it don't look appropriate. And uh, it just does not have the look of decent, modest uh, pair of pants. And I think it's important that we try to stay away from it unless, unless we also become like the rest of the world. I want to deal with it a little bit about shirts and uh, the shirts that are wore. I'm real, I guess, I'm real strong on a button-up shirt. I just am. I think they're very modest. And I'm not saying that you can't wear a pullover shirt, but I want to deal with some things a little bit. A, there is a shirt that's wore by a man that it, it's modest. It does not reveal the man. It don't show him. All you see is he's clothed. It don't draw attention. It don't make him be noticed. He don't stand out. And anything that causes that is immodest. It's, uh, it's attracting attention. And I think a, a man can wear a pullover shirt if it's big enough, if it's full enough, if it's thick enough, if it's long enough, if its collar is high enough. But if it's not, it's drawing attention to that man to the body, to the build of the person. And uh, those things, I feel like, leads to a varying, a varying away of the modesty. When I was in school, just to tell you how far society has went, when I was in school, it was against school rules to wear a pullover shirt without a collar on it. It's just... It was a standard of modesty back then. We've come a long ways as a society, haven't we? And the only difference is, it's just everybody started doing it different, so now we say that's modest. I have to go back to what is the definition of modesty. And nothing I tell you today will concrete any facts if you don't study out what modesty is, drawing attention, causing to be noticed, and loud, and being, being, uh, let me get some of this again, <clears throat> the definitions of it, showy, drawing attention to oneself, whether in appearance or manner of dress, and that to me speaks for it, there is a shirt that there's a shirt that's worn, and the other day I got trying to figure out something. And I'm just having Sunday school with you this morning, all right? I got a shirt that has got Jeeps on it, old cars on it. It's an orange shirt. And I was at a car dealership the other day, and the man walked up, and the first thing he done was he noticed my shirt. He said, man, I like your shirt. He said, you're my kind. I like that. And a little while, we are standing there, and he was looking it over. He said, boy, I like that shirt. And it got to bothering me a little bit. I thought, am I standing out? Am I being noticed? But let me tell you where I settled it, okay? And I want you to think about it. 
he noticed my shirt. But there is a shirt that's worn, and you notice the person in the shirt. It draws attention to their build. It draws attention to their body. It has an attraction of the individual. And I want you to think about it. A pullover shirt that's tight, that's thin, it's nothing really more than an undershirt with long sleeves in it. it. It draws attention to that person. It shows the individual up. And I believe there's a difference there. I think it becomes immodest to them. And uh, there's shirts being wore today that are way too thin. And uh, they're way too tight. They show too much of the build of the man. If it was on your wife, you would say you're too revealed, wouldn't you? Surely you would. But there's no difference if it's on the man. And I feel like it comes under immodesty. Okay, and then I want to deal with another new style that's out. And I want you to think about it. Men have always wore undershirts. Boy, this can be carnal this morning. Do you know what? I ain't feeling a lot of spirit teaching this. Okay? <laughs> but... I think it's important. Men have always wore undershirts. And that undergarment was there for modesty. It was there for a second layer of decency. And they were, for the most part, high-necked, and it was to cover that part. And it was to keep him from showing. And... Brothers, I still believe that if your shirt is not buttoned up and too much of your chest showing, I think it's drawing attention to you. And an undershirt hides some of that. But now I see a style, and it's the shirt unbuttoned, a button or two. And there's undershirt under there, and it's just kind of hanging open, laid back. What is the reason for it? Is it to draw attention, to be noticed? Surely it's not just because it's necessary, but men always button their shirts up. Now I see them with, they'll have a different color undershirt, and you can't say they're indecent, and I realize that. But by the shirt being unbuttoned and laid back, it's drawing attention to that part of the man. And uh, all I can figure out is cool. Is that right? Is holiness people cool? They never have been. They have been separate. They have been known as a consecrated people. Did not want to draw attention to their self. Wasn't trying to be noticed. And trying to be attractive. That is... Uh, my feeling on it, I feel like it's important that we contend for it. And uh, then there's long-sleeve undershirts wore underneath, and they're cuffing up the shirt on top of it and uh, leaving the front unbuttoned. And you can't say they're indecent, but I can tell you that it draws attention to you. And I really believe the reason it's being worn is to be noticed. I really believe that. 
So it's not under, it's not considered to be a modest appearance for a man. A man ought to try his best to present himself with an appearance of a modest man. And uh, I really believe that it's coming from society and uh, we, don't, we don't try to follow that, do we? The fashions of the world, they pass away. They come and they go. But me and you don't follow fashions. It's never been. We sometimes have to use the world, but not abusing it. It's important to us. We have to wear the clothes. We have to wear the pants. We wear the shirts. But if we wear it for fashion... We are partaking of the world, and uh, we are not, we're not of that. We don't follow the styles. We are a wholeness people. What was the president's uh, reply to his daughter? I don't remember which one it was. His daughter come home whining, said, Daddy, they're making fun of me at school for the way I'm dressed. And uh, he said, Sis, don't worry about it. You're the president's daughter. You don't follow the styles. You set the styles. And uh, we, are, as a wholeness people, we don't follow the styles. We've got a standard that is much higher. And uh, it's much more acceptable. We set that. That style will change. There will be something else. But there's one thing that's never changed, and that is Modesty, it never changes. And what I believe is it's so important to us to always take it back to the standard. What is a standard? Where we got our standards was from the Bible. And it is under this title right here. Now I want to move on. And uh, thank you, brothers. Y'all had a lot of input for me this morning. Anybody got any comments this time? Yeah, it's tight, but it's all right. Okay, I want to move to the, to the. In like manner, also that women adorn themselves, modest apparel, shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair, gold or pearls or costly array. Let's go to, let's go to First Peter the third chapter. I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, it's kind of hard sometimes to preach on these lines and bring it out and make the point like I like to. I really believe that if teaching, uh, teaching can be an advantage, you can bring it out until it can be understood why we don't, why we do. And uh, if you understand it, then it bears weight. It has truth to it. 1 Peter 3 and 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. If any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wise. While they behold your chaste conversation. And I told you a while ago that modesty and chaste, purity. The chaste conversation coupled with fear. Think about it. That conversation, that lifestyle, that manner of that woman, coupled with fear. Oh, it's important to us that we have the fear of God. It's so important that we 
have a salvation and have a standard about us, a, a, a uh, purity about us that's found through the fear of God. I want to tell you what brought holiness to where it has been in the past. It was holy women of old. Holy men of old sought God. They worked out their convictions with fear and trembling. And if a woman loses that, she loses her modesty. If she loses the fear of pleasing God, Lord, is it accepted? Is it good? Is it pleasing? Then we lose that chaste conversation. Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning, plaiting of hair, the wearing of gold, the putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in the which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of a great price. For after this manner in the old time, holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. All of this adorning here, all of what she is wearing, it is all about her quiet spirit. And that is to not be noticed. And we'll deal first with the spirit of quietness and the manner, the manner. He said here, who adorn themselves in, oh, for after this manner, in the old time, holy women of old adorned themselves in modest apparel. Today, there has been such a change in our society. The manner of this society, the women, are very bold. They're very out front. They've took on a role of dominancy. They took on a role of unashamed and very proud, very arrogant. They're, they're out front, and uh, there's a statement that's being used, I'm a woman. And they're saying it by, I am proud of what I am. And uh, that's the society we're in. And I'm not against women, okay? But it'll creep in if we're not careful until her quietness, that, that spirit of quietness, that, that is to be unnoticed and not to be out front. It'll slip away from us. And if, we, if it does, we lose the modesty. And uh, that quietness, I read to you some of the definition of modesty and uh, opposed to extreme boldness and uh, not forward, not arrogancy, not proud. Its demeanor is shy, modest behavior, not showy, not bold, not loud. With proper behavior, self-respect, bashful apt to blush. Did you know that is just about left this society? You can't hardly make women of this society blush. They make me blush, but they've lost something. We went into a restaurant yesterday morning, the Cracker Barrel, Tammy and I, and when I walked in, there was this woman sitting about two... Uh, two tables back from where we were at, and her top was real low, and 
she was showing. And I can't help it. I seen it. But I had turned my head because it was inappropriate. It was not fitting for public. And I turned turn and sat with my back to her and Tammy sat looking at her and when she got up and, no I didn't mean that wrong looking at her when the woman got up and left Tammy said that woman was so indecent and said she was just all, making all kinds of motions with her hands you know and just drawing attention to herself the reason that woman was dressed like that she was an immodest woman she wasn't a decent person. I don't care what society says. It wasn't appropriate to be dressed that way. And it was embarrassing to me. I had to turn my head. And, or if I don't turn my head, then there's a war that starts in my mind. I've got to. And for me to have to do that, it's inappropriate. And it's so important for a woman to keep her Modesty. Hold on to her manner of modesty. In this society, it's hard because they've changed the standard so much. But I want to tell you, the standard ain't changed. It's still the same. If it is loud, if it is bold, if it's drawing attention, if it's causing to be noticed, it's not quiet. It's not meek. It's not modest. And it's not decent. And that is the standard that we've always measured it by. Is it drawing attention? And uh, it's so important that we uh, maintain that. I had a sketch. And I hope you all will give me time. What time is it? Yeah, it's just 11 o'clock nearly. I had a, uh, a sketch, a drawing, and I lost it. I went and looked for it last night. I've been wanting to teach on this for some time, but I've been waiting for the uh, occasion and, uh, and went and looked for it last night, but I couldn't find it. It was a di diagram or a sketch of the uh, ACE school convention in the late 70s or early 80s, somewhere right in there, and it was for the young ladies. And if they attended that convention, it there was a a diagram or sketch sent to all the schools. If the young girls attended this convention, they were to be dressed in this manner. And it showed a holiness dress pattern. And it just amazed me. A Baptist school had such a standard of modesty. And uh, I wish we were all here today, but we're not. Okay, but we got it on tape, don't we? All right. The pattern was in the front. The dress line went down, and it was loosely flowing, very loosely. It showed another pattern of what not to wear. The dress line was very curved and very revealing, very showing. It said immodest. It showed the back dress line come down, and it was flowing. It was not pulling. It was not tight. And if it pulled in and showed, it had immodest. Don't wear it. Don't come to the Baptist school convention dressed like this. And I want to say that 
today that's far out to this society, isn't it? It's become a crazy thing. I mean, you, you ought to want to dress till you draw attention. That's society we're in, but it ain't modesty. We're in a society that's lost their decency. Amen. It's become very exposed. And uh, we're supposed to get used to it and not think nothing about it. Let me tell you why the divorce rate's on the rise. Why the immorality is on rampage. Why there are rapes in cities all over this country. In, right out in the urban areas. Because... Women are dressing so immodest in our society until it draws attention. It is caused to appeal, to be attractive to. And that's not who we are. Our manner is different than that. Amen. All right. Some of the dress. Let me talk to you a little bit. New styles. New things trying to come in, but I don't believe that it meets modesty. I'm thinking about some of the trying to establish something here, okay? When I was a young man, my sisters all wore slips under the dress. Okay, I hope I'm modest enough this morning. The reason they wore them, it was a second layer of modesty. Just in case the dress was pulled up or the blouse gapped, there was a slip on. And it taught that young girl, stay covered. Be sure and don't show yourself. Stay modest. It educated that young girl about decency. Today I'm very concerned that we're going to lose that. And uh, m mamas, if you put garments on the little girls and if they bend over, their backs are showing. They raise their arms and their tummies are showing. And you just ain't supposed to think nothing about it. Nobody says nothing. It desensitizes their decency. There ought to be a blush there. I remember my sisters, they'd even help me this morning. They might ask me the question, am I slipping? Am I slipping? You see anything? I hope my dress is long enough. I sure don't want my slip showing. It embarrassed them. They didn't want to be seen in public like that. Now I want to ask us today, where has some of the style come from? That wear clothes that looks like undie clothes hanging on the outside of the dress. Hanging out from under the blouse. Nobody's supposed to think nothing about it. But I'm sorry. I do. And I believe... I believe modesty will tell us that's not appropriate. It's not fitting. It is drawing attention right there. It's causing you to look at that part of the body. And it's not, it's not fitting. And 
I don't know, but it amazes me. Started off just a little ruffles, you know, and, and lacy. And then I watched it, seen some that had just bright red, hot pink, neon looking. Do you think that's to draw attention? Do you believe that's modesty? Y'all help me this morning. I'm not getting a lot of... Amen. I don't believe it's modesty. I just don't. I think it is to be noticed, to be drawing attention to. And then I want to address also the, the clothing, the, the dress of the women, the top. It's always been buttoned up. Holiness women was known to have high necklines. They always did. They tried to make sure it was high enough. If they bent over, they were not indecent. It was very, very important for her. And if there was anything that the society noticed, it was how high the necklines was on the Holiness women. It was appropriate. And it kept them decent. But today, there's styles that's coming in. And uh, it's real hard sometimes to say why this is not modest, okay? And I hope you're following me this morning. But my opinion, and you weigh it out, you judge it by your standard, by the standard of the definition, okay? That's what we've got to judge it by. Does it draw attention? Does it cause to be noticed? Or does it hide the woman? I believe that a holiness dress pattern, the pattern you can go off of, however it's made, it hides the woman. It covers her. She is not noticed. She does not stand out. It does not draw attention to her. Okay, y'all with me this morning, aren't you? But if she wears a blouse and the blouse is unbuttoned a couple of buttons, there was, for years I heard it when I was at home, and Tammy's referred to it, there was a modesty piece used. And I like that term, modesty piece. If that blouse didn't button up far enough, there was a piece put under there that looked like the dress, but it covered her, and it was a modesty piece. But now there's the style has become to unbutton and leave it open. And then there's a garment that's under it, and it has an appearance about it that my blouse is unbuttoned. It has that appearance. And I feel like it's inappropriate. And then I've seen the garment that's wore under it real thin, real slinky-like, real lacy-like. Do you think it's to draw attention to that? I'm afraid it is. I don't believe it's modest. And I've seen it with just white it looked just like the undergarment was showing. And it drawed attention to that part of the body. It's very inappropriate. And there is parts of the body that if you draw attention to it, 
It's indecency. It draws for the wrong purpose. We're a little bit scattered this morning. I need you to help me. Hold it together. I'm wanting to teach something here this morning. Okay? I feel like it's important. Let me say it again. If we lose our modesty, we lose our way. We lose our character. And what must be held up to hold the purity is a modest way of thinking. If we lose that way of thinking, all of a sudden things begin to change. And especially in our young girls, they do not need to dress to draw attention to parts of their body. Okay, and I think it's as plain as I know how to say it, as modest as I know how to say it. If the top is left unbuttoned, it's pulled back, and there is a difference. Let me say it from my point of view. There is a difference in a vest. A vest, it doesn't have that appearance to it, but a, a blouse that's unbuttoned has an appearance. I just didn't button up. I left it unbuttoned. Don't think nothing about it. If you've seen it, just turn your head. You wanted me to see it. That's the reason you've done that. To that part of your body. Now I'm supposed to turn my head and not think nothing about it. It speaks on your behalf. And oh, let me educate if I could. I don't want to demean. I don't want to... I don't want to embarrass. I don't want to try at all. I want to approach this morning that will only help educate us. Purity is holiness. And it has to be of the thought, the mind, the dress, the principle, character. It's purity. And if, we, if we're not careful, there will be motives that are so subtle. They are so subtle. And I think society knows that. I think that's the reason the styles change. It's all about what is attractive. And uh, let me tell you again what's attractive to a wholeness woman, to a godly woman. It's meekness. It's quietness. It's a spirit that in the sight of God is a great prize. And I want to tell us, young ladies, if you've got that spirit about you, it's very attractive. That spirit of meekness, quietness, Modesty, sobriety, it's very attractive. There's young men that are consecrated, that are looking for young ladies that have that spirit about them. They're going to choose a good companion. They're going to want a companion that is very modest because they're going to live with them. And they don't want that naughty look. Okay? That's stepping out there a little bit, but I really believe that. It's a flirty look. It's flirty. And it's flirty, but if you say anything or look, you got a problem. But that's what it's for. Otherwise, you'd button it up. And then it takes care of the problem. But it's society we're in, isn't it? It's the styles that's around us. Moms, please, please support me this morning. If you want a godly heritage, if you want your daughters having virtue about them, teach them modesty. And then when they slide in beside a young man in a vehicle, they will have such a modesty about them until they 
have a guard up. They don't want to have an appearance of being immodest. It's very important. It comes from the character. And the character is often molded by, it's often molded by teaching, by admonishing, by addressing it. I think it'd be appropriate, brothers, if you need to set your daughters down and explain to them why you don't dress like this, why you don't wear this, because it's not decent. It's not, it's not modest for you. It draws attention to you. It causes boys and young men to look at you, and you're not wanting to be looked at in your body. Of A spirit and a character and personality, manner, is what a young man's looking for. If he looks at you for any other reason, it's going to fall through after a while. It'll be such a disappointment after a while. But oh, if there's a godliness there, something has been reared and instilled in that young lady, it'll hold the test of time. Amen. Also, I've dealt with it. I dealt with the, the uh, hanging out under the blouse. I don't know if we was all in here, but let me go over it again. I want to. Undie clothes, lacy, is supposed to be in the dress. And the only reason it shows, it's there for a protection layer of decency, is the only reason it's war. And uh, I told you a while ago about the blouse, the tops being open. I think it's very inappropriate when it looks like it's night clothes and being wore and shown. And it is nothing more than to draw the attention to that part of the body. If I, if I could, I'd like to tell you that color has something to do with it. It's loudness and bold. And I put a red sign up here this morning and put it right here on the front of this pulpit. You'd see that first. Out of all of this pulpit, that's where your eye would go. And it's the same way in modesty. If the woman, if her, her front, if she's got red right there, it's drawing attention right there. There should be no attention drawn right there. Amen. And if it's legal to unbutton that and leave that open, and it's legal, it ain't to be thought nothing about. I asked my wife if this is appropriate this morning. Why can't you unbutton the skirt and leave it laying back? You've got a garment on under there. It ain't indecent. Everybody would look at it, wouldn't they? It draw attention right there. Maybe next. I'm not trying to be too immodest this morning. I'm trying to make a point. It's not appropriate. It is not, it's not hid. It's not hiding you. It's exposing. It's drawing attention to it. And it's not right. I believe, let me say again, woman's dress ought to be full. It ought to be flowing. It should not be pulling. It should not be, uh, it shouldn't have areas that are uh, tight. 
And uh, if it's not, then it's drawing attention, and it should not be so. I hope you are with me this morning. I really feel that so much of this comes from uh, the society we're living in. And I'm wanting, I'm wanting to be able to live here for a while and not become what the world is. We're living in an adulterous generation. We're living in a society that is geared for immorality. Every fashion that's coming out of Hollywood, every fashion the designers are designing, they got one thing in mind, and that's to design it to where it's attractive to the person. And if it's attracting to the person, it's immodest. Young ladies dress. I'm so glad. Let me, I won't get this worded right. Brother Samuel, Sister Autumn stood up here last night. Anybody notice what she had on? You didn't? Well, ain't that good. She could have dressed till you would have remembered it for days. But she was dressed in a modest dress. I just noticed last night. And I was so thrilled that my son is attracted to her. Now, I don't know if it's going to go through or not, but I hope I can hold up holiness until it's admirable for a young lady to be holy, to be godly, to have a manner about her until it's purity in its appearance. It's a quiet spirit. You know that she's pure because of the appearance. Now, I will tell you that a woman can dress to the very tee of decency and have an immodest personality about her, immodest mannerism. I know that. It has happened. But, oh, help us, God, in this society to be able to know how to contend with all of the different things that are coming against us today. I want to go a little further, and uh, I feel like it's important. It's a standard that I have always believed was appropriate for modesty. I believe that a woman's dress ought to be long enough. I believe it ought to be thick enough. It ought to be high enough, and it ought to be full enough. Okay? That pretty well covers her. But if it's any different, it's strong attention to her. And that's not the cause of it. The holiness women have dressed through the years until that when the world looked on, it sent a message that was so admirable. It sent a message that was so plain. It told them they're still modest women in this society, and may the Lord help us to contend for it. I want to say a little more. I believe in a shoe on a woman. I believe it's modest, and uh, I fully believe that it fits modesty. I believe that if her dress don't go to her ankles, that she ought to have on something on her legs that covers her. Otherwise, she's uncovered. And it, it draws attention to it. And I know, I know we're in a generation that has forgotten it. But all of my life, my mother, 
my sisters, my wife, would not step out of the door of the house without they had what Brother Clay called their hosens on. And it was because they were embarrassed to not have them on. They felt like they needed to be covered there. And I still believe it's appropriate. And uh, if we go like the rest of the world goes, we'll loosen it here, we'll change it here, we'll begin to let up here and there, and after a while we have lost our way. May the Lord help us. I hope I've been informative to you, and uh, this is not an area that I just harp on, but I have felt like that I needed to be as plain as I knew how and as educational as I knew how. Please, brothers, stand behind me. Mamas, stand behind me. It'll prevent us from so much disappointment. Amen. I believe that. There's a future in it. And uh, what has brought the favor and merited favor of God has been the holiness that people have always contended for. And uh, may the Lord help us to be able to, to do so. And I don't know. Houston, I went long. I may have I went beyond uh, my ability to go any other direction this morning. But I hope the Lord will help us in these areas. And uh, the attire of the world. Let me say it. I hope I can leave this with you. The attire of the world has never been hallowed upon the church. It's never been sacred. It's never been blessed. It's never been accepted. The tire of the world is never hallowed upon the believer. It must be that we separate ourselves from that and hold to what God has been pleased with. And I will tell you, I've seen enough in the favor and the blessings of God. It don't tempt me to go any other way. There ain't one bit of temptation to me. I know where the blessing's at. We have proved what's been good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We've proved it, haven't we? Oh, it's been proved over and over. Prayers that's been answered and uh, miracles that have been done. I want to hold on to it. I want to warn us. I don't know when I'll get back to this subject, but I want to warn us if the church ever loses the dress of modesty, it's basically impossible to ever get it back. It's basically impossible. It just has to become an accepted manner. And everybody does it. There's churches today, if the pastor tried to pull it back, he'd lose most all of his congregation. And so he just can't do it. He's trying to work with things that was one time established holiness. Don't let us lose it, church. We can't, we can't, can we? And by the help of God, I believe we can maintain it. And I will tell you, this is just one area of the attributes of holiness, but it's an important area. And I hope the Lord will give us, give us the uh, grace and uh, the wisdom to be able to hold on to it. All right, Brother Houston, we'll turn it back to you at this time.